Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is still Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Today I have Eric Shirazny. He is VP of Sales Operations coming to us from Pure B2B in the Windy City. Eric, how are things? All right. Things are good. Yeah. I mean, I'm healthy, employed, so I can't complain right now. What Um, a year, right? I know. Right. What a year is right. All things considered, sounds like you're doing okay. So say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro. All right. Hey, everybody. Um, as Paul said, Eric Charanzi, uh, VP of Sales Operations over at Pure B2B, um, a father of two beautiful young monster girls at the household, married, love to play golf, uh, been in sales for the last uh, 12 years, and actually uh, been selling the same thing of what I'm doing now for the last 11. So I've uh, been in the space for quite some time, and that's a little bit about me. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. So if you're ready to go, let's get into it. Let's rock. All right. So let's start with 2020, Eric. Uh, We just touched on it here. I I know that you're working from home, as most of us are, and it's been uh, a a challenge on a number of different fronts. Uh, But how how is your family? How is your business? Uh, How have you been hunkering down, you know, really over the last six months, all things considered? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting, right? I don't think it's it's something um, none of us have really ever experienced before, nor want to experience again. Um, we've been good. We've been making do, right? I think, um, you know, we've been healthy. Uh, we've been staying sane for the most part. Um, I'm, I'm fairly used to kind of balancing the remote work and being in the office for the most part. So it wasn't too much of a, uh, you know, a shift in how I work and run the business for what I do. But, um, when you got to, two kids under the age of five at home. That's a little bit different of a story. So um, it's been good overall. I mean, it's challenging. It's brought a lot of adversity to us. Um, but, uh, you know, we're making do. Everyone's healthy. Um, we're employed. So, you know, we're very fortunate um, to that regard, obviously. Well, good. I, I, I appreciate your mindset and I'm glad to hear all things considered you're doing okay. And I certainly acknowledge and appreciate the comments around uh, two kids. I mean, mine are six and four. And I have to say, I, I, I didn't bred my, I, had, I didn't really breed myself to be a teacher. I'm a sales trainer, so I'm used to working with people and coaching, but those are adults and these are my kids. And it was like, oh my God, like, open the school up, please. Like I just I right. couldn't wait for right. September to come around. The camps opened up where I live in the summer and it was just like, yeah, here, put them in camp for the summer. Do you want my kidney? Here, take mm-hmm. them, please. It's all good, right? So We couldn't wait for that too. That's yeah. when ours opened up too, yeah. All right, good. Well, let's get into it then. Let's go back in time here. Let's go back to 2008. 2008 in the world was another turbulent time. I mean, there was the mortgage crisis and there was the downfall of that and the economy was hardly stable. And you're coming out of Columbia College in Chicago with a Bachelor of Arts in Audio Arts and Acoustics. Well, if that doesn't have VP sales operations all over it 12 years later, I don't know what does. So That's it. uh, That's the career path. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think you'd be doing? Do you have any recall in terms of what you thought your your path might be when you graduated? Oh man, um, yeah, not this at all, right? Um, so I went. So it's kind of weird, right? I, I mean, I, I played I played ball in high school uh, with the intention of of continuing to play. Had some some surgeries. Had to make a, a pretty sudden shift of you know where I was looking at colleges and and what I wanted to do in general. Um, had a love for. Um, 
for audio and recording and recording engineering and, and all of that stuff, uh, you know, grew up around, you know, family who were musicians and all that good stuff. Um, so I went to school for audio arts and acoustics, uh, graduated with Bachelor Arts, came out and actually worked in as a recording engineer at a, at a recording studio for a couple of years. I did some some contract work for like post editing and mixing as well. Um, loved it. It was great. Didn't like the pay. Didn't like the long hours of, you know, kicking people out of a studio at, at 2 a.m. because I wanted to go home and sleep. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was more of a shift. Right? I, I've always loved um, sales. Right. I, I, I thought I was I was really kind of selling for the most part and regardless what I was doing. Um, and I got I got synced up with a, a company out of California called Fast Forward, who um, who actually brought me on as a contractor to do some of the editing for a podcast show they do um, for investments and, and market, you know, market podcasts for the most part. Um, so I was doing a lot of that and then thought I'd be pretty good at selling this kind of stuff too and being able to help syndicate it out to people and, and to get people onto the podcast and the webinars. Um, so I started doing that for a little bit. And then from there, just kind of got, um, you know, reached out to some people for some sales gigs and stuff too, and kind of got my foot in the door with some people and, uh, 2009 got, got, uh, looped in with what was kind of my first, you know, real career sales job. Um, and since then I've actually stayed in that industry for the most part since then. So it was an interesting transition, right? It's not your typical, uh, sales progression, but here we are today. And, you know, there's a lot like that. I think, uh, especially nowadays, right. You don't need that. You need that cookie cutter approach or have to come from a big degree or whatever, um, it yeah. might be, you can kind of find your way from something. Did you, for that company that you worked with that was based in California, did you have the opportunity to move to California or were you able to base, stay based remote. in, so you were working still <clears throat> yeah, in, in, in the, in the mid, in the mid East here? That's Midwest right. Or yep. So? Okay. Yep. All right, good. So then you find e-media, correct? That's right. Yeah. Did they find you? Was that a long process? And, and what was that like? Because you stayed a long time there. I know that. I did. Yeah. I was, um, I reached out to anyone and everyone, man. I was, I was kind of hustling to just try to find a job and, and to just see what, it, what was out there and what might, you know, what I might be interested. It was a time in, in, I knew I wanted to get into sales. I just didn't know what I wanted to sell. Right. So I was, I had no, um, you know, preconceived notions of, of where I wanted to go or who I wanted to reach out to. I was just reaching out to anyone and, and seeing what was out there. So uh, reached out to them, uh, got uh, synced up with uh, the hiring manager there, went in for an interview and, you know, I liked them, they liked me and the rest was kind of history. But um, yeah, stayed there for for about, uh, I want to say probably eight years, maybe a little longer, uh, worked as an individual contributor for, for most of that. And then I took over as the sales manager uh, toward the latter part of my career there. Um, but it was fun. It was cool. It was, it was, it was good to, you know, kind of work from the ground up and grind it out for a little bit, understand the business and, and, you know, develop both professionally and personally, uh, over those years and kind of polish my, my sales chops and skills and learn from some people who are great. Um, and kind of be able to make a name for myself hmm. in a sense. You know, when I first uh, got into professional sales, it was with Xerox and I was working in Toronto and to say that I struggled in my first year, was an understatement. It was just one of those things that 
I was working really hard. I was 100% commission at the time, so that factored in as well. But I'm curious about your transition into sales professional um, for your, your first transition with eMedia. Was that an easy transition for you? Did you take to sales right away? Was it a, a long struggle to f- figure it out? What was that like early on? Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned it in, in, in the intro segment here, right? I came into sales at one of the worst times, all right? It was 2008, 2009. It was the economy and the markets were crashing. It was a horrible time to come and try to sell things to people, right? Um, people were, were becoming unemployed and, and looking for work again. And here we are trying to, uh, trying to find new, new opportunities and, and cover new clients. So um, it, it, it was interesting to the sense, though, of what I was selling um, was a, a demand generation service, right? So we were we were helping companies support their their sales orgs by generating leads for them to uncover and, and hopefully convert into new opportunities and pipelines. So it was I don't want to say it was recession proof, right? Um, but it definitely helped in the industry we were in and what we were selling. That if there was ever a time where people needed leads, it was then, right? Sales people needed to sell. Companies companies needed to stay afloat. And to hit their growth goals, um, so they looked to companies like us to help support that. Um, so we were fortunate to that regard of of being in a space that can help complement that uh, with companies who were kind of struggling at that time. Um, it wasn't easy coming in, right? I think some of the things that we were selling, um, you know, I was one of those who I'll, I'll pick up the phone and and call somebody and have a conversation and half the time, not know what the hell I was talking about. I just knew I needed to pick up the phone and have a conversation, right? Because that was my job. Um, so I, I want to say for the first month, I was talking to people and still really didn't know what we were doing and what we were selling. But, uh, but it, you know, it came on pretty quick. Um, I, you know, I, I went in with the mindset of, of just being a sponge, right? You know, I, I'm pretty sure I came in that first week, I took out the top guy to lunch, and I picked his brain. I said, why are you good? Right? What makes you successful? And, you know, what, what do you do well? What don't you like? Um, what are some of the challenges? And I just tried to, to, to just really soak up as much information as I could so I can get ahead and, and kind of, you know, reduce the time it took me to ramp up. Um, so I think that helped a lot. You know, your comment regarding uh, giving it a go and not really having a ton of background or knowledge in terms of what is the value prop? What do we really do here? What am I really speaking to? Uh, kind of made me laugh just behind the scenes here. And I can't help but think that over 50% of the people listening right now are probably laughing as well because <laughs> different logo on the bag, but it's the same thing. It's just you throw a right. dart at a board and you kind of figure it out. And I, I certainly did the same thing where I, I took a top person out for lunch and tried to pick their brain around. Go, Talk to me about what have you done to turn the corner? And then, of course, you, you, you create your own style from little tidbits here and there. And then eventually you become your own. And so you, you did the same thing, just a different logo a few years later. So that kind of made me laugh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I think what, you know, what kind of got me to where I was is, is, and I may be kind of the outcast in this, but I, I love change. Um, I think, I think change motivates me in particular quite a bit. Um, I've always been the type to where, and it's, it's actually one of our core tenants at, at the company I work for now is just be curious, right? Um, if you're not, if you're not asking questions and you're not wanting to learn and you don't have that willingness to want to succeed and to take the next step, you're, you know, you're staying stagnant and you're really not going anywhere. So I've always had that, that trait and that characteristic of, of just wanting to learn more. Right. I want to know why this works. I want to know, know what these people in this department does. Um, so I've always had that, you know, I've, I'm a sales guy at heart. Um, you know, I love sales. Um, but I've always had that, that knack for wanting to polish my business acumen as a whole. Right. I want to know what makes the business operate, not just the sales. Right. You know, I always love the, 
the, the phrase that sales makes the world go round, but there's a lot of other elements in the business that help support that function. Um, and I've always kind of had a, a fascination of just the business as a whole and what makes that, that engine run. So, um, <clears throat> so my, my progression was, you know, I came, I came over to period to be, um, when it was about six to seven sales reps, uh, I followed a guy who I worked with and worked for at eMedia, who I shared very similar philosophies with, got along well, really mm-hmm. liked his style. Uh, he came over to take over as a CRO. So at that time, I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm comfy in my job now, but I'll take the jump. I like change. Things were, were really stagnant. And I just, you know, I, there's nothing worse than being complacent, right? So, um, so I, I took the leap. I went over there to be an individual contributor for about a year with the intention and the plan to, to grow a, a commercial sales organization. Um, we had a lot, of, you know, a lot of plans, uh, a lot of great infrastructure in place, just not the right, not the right people maybe uh, in the right place at the time. Um, so I came over there, I sold for about a year and then I um, made my way to the director of sales to um, build not a team. We had, uh, I remember sitting in the, the, the co-working office space we leased at the time um, with, with our CRO at the time being like, how the hell are we gonna hire 20 people? Like we have, we have no one, we're in a weird part of the suburbs of Chicago, right? We're not in a city where you're supposed to be to hire great sales talent. So. It was a challenge. Um, so I ended up growing the, the commercial sales org um, over that time for uh, about to, about up to 12 to 13 people over the course of the year. Um, realized that 12 to 13 people with one leader, the, uh, the rep to leadership ratio is getting a little bit too much. You know, I could only be on so many calls right. and help support them and coach them the way they needed to be coached. So uh, we brought on kind of a unique situation and structure. We brought on a co-director of sales um, to help kind of carry that burden of, of just having a lot of people and, and lofty growth goals. Um, so at the time we were, I was kind of doing, you know, balancing two different roles, right? We were, we were a pretty, um, new, but established company from a revenue perspective. Uh, we, we were hiring a lot of people. We had, we had some crazy, um, accelerated growth goals from a headcount as well as a revenue goal. Um, so I was kind of carrying on the, the director of sales, but also the sales operations element, right? So the processes, the strategy, the, you know, the go-to-market and how we're actually going to make this engine run. Um, and I've always had a passion for that too. And I thought it would be a good opportunity um, at the time to kind of, kind of, you know, steer the ship in that direction of, all right, let's try something new. You know, I've always, I've always thought I've been good at this. I've, I've enjoyed thinking in this way, right? It's a different part of my mind of strategy and implementation and, and all of the things to help drive sustainable growth across the org. Um, so uh, our CRO approached and he's like, hey, we're at, the, we're at the time where we need, you know, new layers of leadership. So that kind of just married itself nicely together of a, of a sales operation role. So uh, built out the sales operations department. Um, we're now three people. It's a, it's a fairly new department. So it's me. We have a sales enablement manager. And then uh, we have a director of sales enablement and training. Um, so the main goal there was really, you know, I always like to say we had, we had a lot of people steering the ship, um, from a tactical standpoint, we just didn't have many people designing the maps, um, and helping put that strategy and processes in place. Um, so my main goal with the sales ops department, cause it was kind of a unique challenge, right? At, at first I was like, well, what do I do? What, you know, what do yeah. I focus on? There's a million things. Um, and my main goal was just knowing our growth goals was to really hone in on, um, ramp time and onboarding. It was how, you know, for all of these, these seats we need to fill, how fast can we ramp these rep, reps up? How well can we support them and give them the right tools, technologies, and processes to, 
to make them a successful, you know, set of people and a successful organization. So, um, so it's been a fun transition. I love what I do. Um, it's, it's different, right? Because you go from the sales world of, of, you know, when you achieve because you hit your quota and you get paid on your quota, right? Whereas sales operations, it's, it's more project basis. Um, you know, you're doing a million things at once. You're working cross departmental. So you have your hand in finance and marketing and operations and sales. So, uh, it's been, it's, it's come with its unique set of challenges, but I love it. I, I wouldn't change it. And I'm, I'm kind of happy to, to be where I'm at. You know, Eric, I appreciate that, that commentary there. You know, when I decided to leave Xerox after like almost like you eight to 10 years or so with the organization. So a long run, a few different jobs and a few different roles within the company. I even moved with the company as well. Uh, when I decided to move on the risk for me, at least the way I look at it now was it was easier because I was single. I wasn't married. I was my own guy. I wasn't a dad. And I just decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I want to start up my own company. I want to get into training. And so I was able to to let go of that you know corporate branch a little bit easier because it was just me. And I had a belief in my head that said that if I have a pretty good resume, if this doesn't work, I can get a sales job somewhere else. Like, like I'm hireable right. is, is what my story was at the time. So, but I'm curious about the mindset behind your decision to leave Emedia after seven to eight years, where you had a pretty good runway, establish yourself as a leader within the organization. You keep me honest here, but if my math is correct, you were a dad, you're married, you're responsible for other yeah. people. How did that factor into your decision? And was your wife supportive? Was there conversations about why leave? We're safe here. And talk to me about that transition internally, as much as you were optimistic about the role at this new company. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. So I think a lot of it was trust, right? I, I trusted in the people that I was leaving to go work with and work for. Um, so, I mean, my boss still, who was, was my original boss at the time at eMedia, he came over here and I, I you know, I, I, I trusted him. I, I, I developed a relationship with him and I, I believed in the path he wanted to go and I was willing to kind of take that leap. Um, you know, it wasn't easy. I, there was, there was definitely plenty of times where I, you know, I, I was always the type where I don't care how comfortable I am. I always have my ear to the ground. I'll take calls with recruiters. I'll, I'll take calls with other people in the industry, just more so just because of my curiosity of what's going on in the industry and what's out there. Um, so I had plenty of those conversations, never ended up coming to fruition, but this was different just because I, I knew the people who were, who were going over here and I, I trusted them. I believed in their, in their philosophies and sales and how to grow a company and a sales organization. Um, and then on the other side too, I think, you know, the time at Emedia, there were some, there were some internal changes as well. Um, you know, between the sales org and the customer experience org and kind of the, you know, the people and, and there were some leadership changes. So to me, it kind of coupled itself together of, all right, you know, I've, I've had my time. I've, I've done my time here. I've, I've done really well. I've been successful. Um, but I need to change. You know, I was, I was selling the same thing for eight years. I was doing the same thing. Mm. There wasn't a whole lot of product development. So you know, the way my brain works is, like I said, I, I just, I don't like being complacent, right? And that's not to say I, I have to go jump ship and do another job. It just means I want to continue to learn something new. I want to, I want to grow, whether it's in the org or with new products or uh, new development. So this presented itself as a nice opportunity to get in at a kind of a, the ground floor, right? Like I said, it had a lot of great infrastructure, had, had some good bones, but just not the, the right people at the time to, to really know where to take it to where we wanted it to get to get to. So um, I saw it as an opportunity and I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I'm kind of a risk taker, you know, I like, I, I, I think I take good risks, very calculated risks and this ended up working out. So I was, uh, it was, it was, 
it wasn't as scary as maybe some were because I had those, those past relationships and trust built. Um, but it was still a change, right? Like you said, I was married. I had, I had my first kid. Um, there's a lot going on. So a lot of things to think about. You know, your decision to move to peer B2B, what your path moving into individual contributor as an account director, was that the path you were going to take or were there conversations for one where you had a runway into moving back into leadership? Was that the conversation or were you resigned to, no, I'm going to be an individual contributor and I'm going to crush this? And or did you have a path for leadership when you first came on board? Yeah, good question. It was it was it was more so the latter of the two. I had I had that conversation prior just because obviously I had my, you know, my intentions of where I wanted to go and how I wanted to continue to develop. So the plan was to eventually move back into that leadership. But in order to do that, right, you got to we kind of have to make do with what we have. And um, we didn't have a, a big team, right? We had six sellers at the time. And, and there were you know, everyone was kind of kind of wild cards. They were selling huh. nationally across everything. Some people had a thousand accounts, where others maybe had a hundred. It was it was kind of a mess. So um, while we kind of figured out where we wanted to go, um, I sold for a little bit, um, which I loved doing. I, I you know I did well. It's, it was it was fun. I, like I said, I'm a I'm a sales guy at heart, um, but I knew that you know the next step was to help to help build the sales org and to help um, you know hit those growth goals we had and to help support the company. So. Um, so that conversation was definitely had prior to me coming over. So, you know, Eric, I've enjoyed having you on the podcast here. Um, I, if I have this correct, just taking a look at your profile, uh, you've also dabbled into the, uh, the, the entrepreneurship, uh, franchise game as well. Anything you want to share there about the risk taking and, and what's involved with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had, yeah, it's kind of funny. We picked a great time to buy a franchise, right? Right at the, uh, the midst of the pandemic. Couldn't, nothing could go wrong. Right. Um, it's been awesome. I will say I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Right. Because it's, it's a learning lesson. It's been, it's been great. We're, you know, we're fortunate enough to that we weren't yet operational when everything hit. So we didn't have to furlough people or do anything like that. But, uh, but yeah, my wife and I, uh, we purchased a franchise business back in December of 2019. Um, we actually opened on the 24th. So we're talking kind of at a crazy time. Um, I've been, most of my days have been spent kind of working and also um, juggling the kids as well because my wife's gone trying to get everything up to snuff to open open the space. But um, it's been cool. Like I like and kind of like going back to what I said, right? I've always had a passion for just learning new things, right? And 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 business as a whole. And um, I feel like I went out and got my real life MBA in about you know six months. It's right. been crazy from everything from you got to run the books to fund the finance to incorporate and you name it, you got to learn it. Right. And sometimes the best way is to throw yourself into it. So it's been awesome. We're excited. Um, we're, we're actually can open up, um, and, st- and start making some money here soon, but, uh, That'd be it's, nice. been a, it's been a, it's been a cool journey for sure. You learn a lot. Um, so, but it's been exciting. And it all started with an editing acoustic music background, That's it. right? That's I love it. it. So any, anyone who wants to do this, just go to school with a bachelor of arts in audio arts and acoustics and you're right. set up, right? right? Here's the pathway. <laughs> listen, there's, there's yeah. a proven result right here. Here's the yeah, roadmap. Right. Here's yeah. what you do here. Yeah. So Eric, listen, thanks so much for freeing up the time. I, I really enjoyed your, uh, your story here. You know, I know you've listened to a few episodes here. I always like to close with uh, asking anybody who's on if they had any, had any advice for anybody, if there was something that served you well in your professional life or your personal life, anything that you might want to share that comes top of mind at all. Yeah, you know what? I think um, I think I'm going to stick to kind of what got me to to where I was. Right? Is that is also one of our core tenants here at, at Peer to Be is to just is to be curious, is to 
um, to ask questions, to, to try your hand at something else and to don't be afraid to take a, a, a challenge or a change, right? I think uh, it's, it's a big thing to, to both grow where you're at uh, within your organization, but also personally, right? You find out new things, you might like something different and you just get that experience. Um, so be curious is, is one of my main things. I live by that um, and I, I continue to try to challenge myself and develop every day. Um, so that is what I would tell people whether it's looking to get into sales right now or, or really whatever role you're in, right? I love I it. It's a good trait to have. Eric, thanks so much for freeing up the time. I've enjoyed speaking with you. You got it, man. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. All right, everybody. Let's wrap this one up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you tend to get. Thanks for being here. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Be safe and let's go Blue Jays. Thank you.